You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode and this week I am joined by Donny Yankelo. Hello Donny, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm alright, thank you. Yep. Um, well, I know you're on a fairly tight schedule this week, uh, Donny. So um, I think what we'll do is we'll just crack on, shall we? Um, and Sounds good. Start with some stories. Um, well, obviously, next week is the big gather round event. Um, so the first Actually, this week. Well, yes, this week, I suppose, technically, depending on whether you like to start on a Sunday or a Monday. But anyway, on the 12th. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, um, the big gather round event is on live streaming on September the 12th. Um, and uh, if uh, you're not sure how to uh, watch that, Redmond Pie have an article here. Uh, how to live stream the September the 12th iPhone XS keynote on iOS, Android, Windows, Mac and more. Um, and I don't we, we won't need to go into that, but... Uh, that tells you how you can get hold of the live stream wherever you are. So I'll just, uh, that will be in the show notes, of course. Uh, I should be watching on the Apple TV. Uh, my space on the sofa is booked <laughs> for 6 p.m. And uh, we shall see what we, uh, you know, we will see what there is to be revealed. Um, and the second story uh, is, of course, 9 to 5 Mac reveal the iPhones and Apple Watch and a whole load of other stuff up front. Curses. Curse you, 9 to 5 Mac. <laughs> Damn you. Um, well, I expect everybody's seen it. It's all over the uh, all over the web. Um, I'm not even going to go into that because I was miffed enough to find out what I did just from the headlines that came up in my news feed. So... There we go. Um, you know, the, the one thing, though, with that, the first time I saw the image they had of the phones without reading the article, I first thought it was like a, a fake yeah. image just because the way the planet is. At first glance, it looks like a giant bubble coming out of the phone. It does. It, I'm surprised they're using that image. Yeah. I mean, that is a very weird um, image. That is sure. The first time I saw it, I, I like you, I kind of had to look at it and go, well, what, what is this? Um, it looks like a new mouse. Yeah, at first glance it does. It's very strange, the, the shot. Um, but there we are. Um, what does it reveal? Um, probably what we've all pretty much uh, picked up along the way from the rumour mill. Um, they're going. Looks like they're going to be a sort of coppery gold colour. Um, that's about it, really. Looks like it's going to be uh, like the 10 um, and come in different sizes. So there we go. Um, and then there was the Apple Watch. There was, of course, the Apple Watch... Um, with a new face, which uh, I'm assuming is from, you know, Watch OS 5, uh, which is, shall we say, somewhat information dense. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Um, it's like those, um, the quote unquote real watches with all the information and all the dials. And yeah, yeah. But of course, I don't know what they're called. But... Well, the complications, as they like to call them. Um, 
I don't know. I, I guess, um, of course, they're, they're showing it with, what, they've got about nine or something on there, eight, nine complications. Um, I'm sure, as at the moment, you can set your face to show what you want it to show. Uh, there we go. Uh, I'm not, I don't really want to talk about that too much, to be honest. <laughs> Miffed enough to have had the, the big reveal destroyed. Uh, Maybe it's all wrong and we'll be totally shocked. Uh, well, I'm, I'm afraid probably not. Uh, as apparently it was dug up from a something posted on a uh, you know public facing site, which probably shouldn't have been on a public facing site. Ah uh, dear. Um, uh, perhaps a little bit more interesting, uh, depending on if you use Apple Music or not. I, I'm not an Apple Music subscriber, but um, I'm not either. No, Apple Music have a new top 100 charts uh, covering the entire planet. Uh, the link here I have is from Mashable. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is really great. If if you are a subscriber and you want to, you know, and you're into music, obviously, um, they now have uh, uh what was it 118 top oh 116 116 116 top 100 charts covering uh one global and then one for every country or uh you know region in which the uh, Apple Music service is available. So, uh, you know, you can find out what are the top 100 tracks being downloaded or streamed in Azerbaijan or uh, Anguilla or anywhere else. There we go. Um, I mean, if you're into discovering new music, definitely. Yeah, very much so. That's what I, that was my thought, that if you are, you know, if that is your um, bent, you know, you can look at, I don't know, they're like one of the ones here, Mexico, and find, you know, what's what's popular in Mexico at the moment. Um, I mean, maybe it's not a huge story, but if you're a music follower, I, I you know, I think that, I think that's nice. It's just nice. It just uh, gives you a chance to break away from, you know, the sort of uh, what you hear on the radio or whatever all the time. Uh, expand your horizons, shall we say. Uh, yeah. Um... Alex Jones's Infowars banned from App Store permanently. Uh, well, I think that was just a matter of time, don't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, Twitter banned uh, Apple banned him first, didn't they? And then Twitter and various other people uh, pulled him. And then this time it's the other way round. Uh, Twitter finally completely banned him, and Apple have uh, pulled his app uh, from the store. Which is, I don't know. I, th- I personally, I think they should have done that in the first place, but. There you go. They've waited until they can definitively say that he's broken the rules and now he has been kicked out of the store. Uh, and a good thing, in my view. Thank you very much. Um, well, well, while we're on the topic of the App Store and apps, do you want to talk about um, the app that was kind of snuck through collecting data? Yes, yes. The um, I've got a couple of links here, one from Digital Trends and one from Cult of Mac. Um, and unfortunately, there's a, a an app which is known as Adware Doctor, uh, which is a you know purportedly an anti malware tool, um, but it was covertly collecting your uh, browsing data and other things, and set, apparently sending them to a server in China. Um, somebody discovered this, and I believe uh, Apple immediately pulled it from the store. Um, if you read the stories, interestingly, it um, even before it was pulled, it had stopped, uh, you know, the server in China had been shut down, apparently. Uh, 
And there's a lot of, yes, there's a lot of uh, brouhaha about it, obviously, you know, how could it get through? And uh, to be honest, the truth is, though, it did actually remove adware. Um, been proven that it does actually, it does actually remove uh, adware and uh, the like. But um, it was also covertly spying on you itself. Um, I it don't makes know. you wonder, um, like um, when things like this happens a lot, not a lot, but often you see articles, so-and-so app gets in the app store and secretly does this, secretly does that. It makes you wonder how almost lackadaisical they are sometimes when they let apps through. Like how detailed do they really look at these apps? Yeah, well, that is the thing, isn't it? I'm pr- pretty sure that actually checking apps aren't doing anything nefarious is pretty complicated. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure every single one isn't reviewed by a human. I suspect uh, a lot are probably checked by some kind of algorithmic method. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, the, the, the thing seems to be here, because it was, uh, you know, purported to be an anti-malware uh, tool, uh, you know, users have to give it, basically give it admin privileges when they install it. Um, which allows it to do things that uh, most other apps wouldn't be allowed to do. Um, and I think it's, it's going to have to be, it would have to be pretty hard, I think, to to check a tool like that absolutely thoroughly. I, I don't know, um, you know, and with the, know. you know, with the hunt, tens of millions of apps that must be, uh, you know, in the store, how do you monitor them all? It's very, very difficult. I think Apple do a pretty good job most of the time. Um, and they get absolutely so. shouted at something chronic if something does go wrong, if they let something through or they ban something, that you know, they kick something out that perhaps they shouldn't have done. Um, but it makes you think, I mean, I think they say within 24 hours now, an app will be approved in general. Yeah. But if they were to maybe do 48 hours, how much more digging they could do or, you know what I mean? Like just slow it down a little bit and maybe look at certain things a little more closer, maybe yeah. this won't happen. I mean, I'm sure those sort of things are under constant review, uh, I guess. There must be somebody somewhere in the Apple, uh, you know, machinery will be reviewing the how this got through, I'm sure. And, uh, right. you know, no doubt they will be making some kind of internal changes. I don't mind a code to the uh, algorithm. Yeah, another layer of code piled on. Look out for things doing this, that, and the other. Uh, so I'd still think overall that Apple do a pretty good job. Yeah, um, I think better than Android. Well, and, and Android is apparently littered with, you know, Trojans and backdoor droppers and all sorts of things because, uh, as far as I'm aware, Google do almost no... Um, curation of their store whatsoever uh, and they have a tendency to only pull things if there's a huge uh, explosion of uh, you know if there's a scan right so uh yeah uh you know uh, and i guess i could say the same thing for google it, it, it must be difficult but they don't seem to apply anywhere near as much uh effort i suppose in curating their um their thing and kind of uh, well, we, we if we're on that tack, um, Mozilla has changed its stance on website tracking, and uh, going forward, new versions of Firefox will block uh, data tracking and uh, data collection by default. So uh, well done them, I suppose. Uh, good, good for them. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh, oh, uh, while we're doing, I suppose while we're doing the, uh, we've sort of drifted into the tech, uh, you know, the security section. Uh, Anchor Free, who are the uh, the owners slash makers of uh, uh, Hotspot Shield, uh, have released a transparency report highlighting government requests for information. Um, this was on Business Wire. Um, and I've put a link into the uh, report itself from hotspotshield.com. Um, it because there was there was a bit of a uh, it was alleged because I I was a Hotspot Shield user for some time used their free version uh, and I I always found it very good but it it was alleged that they were collecting your data and selling it as a way to uh, monetize their free offering. Now, uh, what exactly is Hotspot Shield? I'm not familiar. Oh, with sorry, it. Hotspot Shield is um it's a VPN for iOS. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a VPN for iOS, and they have a free level and a paid-for level. Um, and I, I used it for some time until it had it was alleged that they were um, nefariously recording what you did and, uh, you know, selling it on. Now, um, that seemed... It was never proven, um, but Hotspot Shield never seemed to do much to refute it either. But they have now released this... Uh, uh, transparency report, which is mostly about uh, government requests for information, but what it highlights is basically uh, they revealed no information for these requests on the grounds that they didn't have it. So, um, shall we say I would pretty much take that uh, as good enough grounds to say that uh, the shadow over their privacy uh, behaviour is lifted. So, there you go. Um, and if anybody wants to read that, the links are in the show. Uh, right, should we go back to the app? What's left of the Apple stories? Sure. About the Logitech crayon for oh, iPad. Oh, yes, 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 indeed. The Logitech crayon for iPad. Um, Apple Insider are saying that this will uh, go on general release uh, at the September the 12th event. Now, obviously, that's uh, alleged <laughs> by them. No proof until Tim says so. But um, the Logitech crayon for the iPad, yes, uh, which was released as uh, along with the uh, latest generation iPad, uh, was education only, wasn't it? Right. It's along it, with a um, a real heavy duty case, which I'm surprised isn't following suit, or maybe it will follow suit. Maybe it will, um, or maybe they don't think that's worthy of a big mention, but. Uh, it would be nice because I think pretty much everybody said when the crayon was, uh, you know, unveiled that, uh, you know, there might be a lot of people in the general population who don't really feel the need to have an Apple Pencil um, with, you know, as it's quite expensive. And, um, right. you know, it's very high tech. It does a lot of things. And if you're, you know, if you're an artist or whatnot, I could really see the uh, the big attraction of the pencil. But if you're... If your desire to, you know, use a, a pencil slash crayon on your iPad is more for taking notes or, um, you know, line drawings or whatever, uh, that a cheaper option, um, the crayon, would be very desirable. So there you go. A bit like uh, the original eMac, it was uh, education only, and now due to uh, probably a lot of people <laughs> emailing Apple saying, "Why can't I have one?" Uh, Allegedly, it's going to be made available to the public. So. And it says it's going to be about $20 more, $20 US more than the education cost. Well, and not... also, um, which makes it about 70 So it's closer to the price of the pencil, even though it's still cheaper. 
but you also don't get um, pressure sensitivity, which is a big thing. But for kids and people that don't want pressure sensitivity, but just want something more reliable than the little uh, foam tip uh, yeah. styluses you can get for a dollar. Yeah, I keep seeing I keep seeing those come up in my uh, in, in my feed um, in my news feed, and it's like this Apple pencil competitor is only you know one dollar. Yes, I, I know, I get the same thing. And you think, yeah, I've seen those. They're like a little metal tube with a nasty bit of graphite rubber on the end. And right. they're absolutely horrible things. <laughs> they sell them at every little shop, every little uh, convenience store, everywhere you can find them. Yeah. Yes. They're sort of stamped out in China and they're usually nasty. Um, so that's. I think that's probably quite good news. Uh, yeah. $20 more than the education price. I guess that's probably fair enough, although does take it above the sort of psychologically uh, right. interesting $50 mark. Although you would expect people, stores would probably put it on sale cheaper since it's not really a Apple product. I would suspect they have more leeway to put it on sale. Yes, that Apple is true. It's a, it's a Logitech product, so they probably have got more leeway to uh, to discount or to, you know, do some offer or other. Um, or you can like bundle it with an iPad. I could see like the uh, the uh, warehouse stores yeah. bundle a bundle with the, I buy an iPad with this for you know yeah, exactly X yes. number exactly. So there we go. That's uh, that's quite good news, I think, for anybody who's interested in a quality stylus. Um, Apple is apparently working on a global portal for law enforcement requests. Uh, Dougie sent this one in um, and. Uh, it's, this apparently replaces an old email-based system. Um, Apple has announced it will launch a global web portal for processing and tracking requests from law enforcement officers. Um, there we go. Uh, a website will offer a more convenient centralised hub for requests and make it easier to track current inquiries and manage the responses. Apple is working on these changes in response to recommendations from a recent report to the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Um, Apple has strict published guidelines about what it does and doesn't give to law enforcement. There are limits to what Apple will and will not give access to. Um, and of course, then they reference the San Bernardino and the FBI uh, brouhaha that followed that. But, um, well, I guess, you know, that's, well, that's just a, a way, I'm pretty sure, for Apple uh, to make it more convenient it. and streamline it. I'm sure it probably makes it easier for them and easier for everybody else. Uh, there we go. Um, well. Um, I've actually been kicked out of the Quip page and can't access it anymore, so I'm going to have to go with um, you going down the list. I can't uh, get in. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, what's left? Um the European Apple patent describes a driver accessing and starting a vehicle with his iPhone or Apple Watch uh, on patently Apple. Um, this wasn't really very surprising to me. Isn't there a product out there that does this already? Quite quite likely. Um, quite likely. I mean, in effect, a lot of cars now don't even have really have a key, do they? Um, right. You have a fob. Um, I can't even start my car off with that. Uh, I mean, my, my daughter's boyfriend has um, uh, a Renault and that has a thing like a credit card that you insert into the dash um, oh, cool. and then you just press the start button. Th there is hidden within the uh, hidden within the sort of credit card sized 
thing, there is a key you can pull out if something goes horribly wrong. But uh, I think that probably only allows you access to the car itself, i.e., to open the doors. I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't think you can actually drive the car if the uh, if the system breaks down. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting if they get the um, get a patent because I just found a company called Viper. I'll, I'll send you the link, and it says connect your car, start control, and locate your car from virtually anywhere using android or ios phone mm. so it's out there yeah uh, so this didn't really surprise me very much i'll be honest um and whether apple actually ever do it would i suppose depend on uh, either you know a manufacturer taking them up on it or of course them actually building that's what a i was just gonna say car of their own is this a clue they're making a car who knows is the answer to that uh, right? I'll just put that link in the show notes. Thank you, Don. Or possibly people have said they're trying to build an OS for cars, and it could be built into that, or maybe even CarPlay somehow. Yep, very much so. So, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't really very surprised by that. I'll be honest. Um, right, uh, back to the security, I suppose. Um, the US, UK and other governments ask tech companies to build backdoors into encrypted devices again. Um, this is on the verge, but again, it was all over the place. Uh, nothing new here. Nothing really. new. No. Um, the the biggest thing about it is that they uh, issued a, the US, the UK and three other governments called on tech companies to build backdoors into encrypted products so law enforcement will be able to obtain access. If companies don't, the government say they may pursue technological enforcement, legislative or other measures. Um, and then there's a link to the memo, uh, which is a typical piece of government uh, doublespeak, where they say, well, of course, we don't want to weaken encryption. It's very important, but we want you to make a magic key that we can use to get into anybody's stuff you know with judicial oversight and uh as usual it's like you just don't understand how it works do you <laughs> you really do not understand how it works either you have encryption which cannot be broken or it can be broken in which case it's worthless so unfortunately that's uh you know more idiocy from governments who cannot wait to find out what we're all doing all of the time, in my personal view. Sorry, I'm, my tinfoil tin hat is showing, Donnie. Um, yeah. If you want to um, uh, follow up, also, uh, our friends at the Proton VPN on their blog have a piece, Understanding International Surveillance Ag Agreements, the, the Five Eyes, Nine Eyes, and Fourteen Eyes. And this is quite a long piece, um, but it's, it's, it's quite good because if you don't really, uh, if you're not really aware what all this Five Eyes and Fourteen Eyes and things is all about, um, this explains uh, what that means and who's involved and... Uh, so on so that's a good read if you're in the least bit interested in how any of that stuff works right i think donnie we'll take a short break and uh we'll go over to john nemo's hardware store um and then we'll be back in five if that's all right sounds with you good. sounds good all right oh and uh john recorded this one on his iphone so he apologizes for the slightly tinny sounding recording take it away john 
The product is called RapidX. That's R-A-P-I-D-X, all one word. The X5 Rapid Car Charger with five smart USB ports. The one we have is orange and white. They come in different colors. One end at the end of a very long cable is a 12-volt car charging module that has two smart USB ports embedded in it. Then comes the cable, a long cable, and at the other end with a clip on it, you can clip it to your shirt or to part of your car, are three more USB ports. So because you're beginning with 12 volts, you can charge literally five iPads at once or any number of iPhones, iPods, cameras, whatever you need to charge. So depending on where the 12 volt charging unit is in your car, you can plug in one end there and the other end can go halfway or all the way across your car, such as front seat to back seat or trunk to front seat. You can visualize that because you know where the 12 volt charging units are in your particular car. This is $25 in the U.S. and the colors that come and it does come in several stylish colors. So it's good bargain, very good bargain, very versatile. I've been charging while I've been driving around town all week. Make sure you have a good lightning USB cable because ironically the one I was using to test at first didn't work and I thought there was something wrong with either the X5 Rapid X or with my car itself. Wrong. It was the third party non-Apple lightning cable. So get a good lightning cable. You'd be glad to have it. The reason I sound a little bit weird is because I'm sitting in the car right now. I thought it would be appropriate to do a live iPhone recording using voice memo because that's where I will be using the RapidX, R-A-P-I-D-X website, rapidx.io, the X5 rapid car charger with five smart USB ports. This is the first of quite a few items we have from the new shipment here at Nemo's Hardware Store. So keep listening week after week. Thanks very much, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, John. And, of course, the links for the Rapid X5 5-port USB car charger will be in the uh, show notes. And uh, it's $25 direct, or um, on Amazon US, it's uh, between $22.51 and $25, uh, depending on which color you have. I'm not quite sure why, but <laughs> there you go. Uh, an orange one is $22.51, and then they go all the way up to $25, depending on the color. Apple always charges more for uh, the black macbooks and the black phones so that, that is true however uh on amazon the black the black x5 is uh i think 23 dollars. so okay <laughs> who knows reversing the trend yeah yeah um i think the most expensive ones are the blue ones and the pink ones strangely um right so uh i think this is going to be quite a short show Donnie, because although there's a lot of stories, a lot of them don't have a lot of meat to them. But never mind. Uh, I know you're on a tight schedule, so that's probably not a bad thing. Um, right. So uh, this this is uh, this one's a, just a little bit of a sort of fluff in a way, but it, it, I found this quite interesting. Um, Carlsberg, who are um, I believe a Danish company who sell a lot of beer into the UK um, has decided it's now going to glue its beer cans together uh, becoming the first brewery to abandon plastic rings now um, I'm not sure if that's 100% true 
because in this country, uh, although we still do have those nasty plastic rings, which, uh, you know, we're all advised we should cut into shreds before we throw them away. Um, a, a lot of companies, a lot of breweries uh, in the UK seem to have moved away from using those to putting their cans, uh, wrapping them in a, in a cardboard outer to, uh, you know, stop them falling apart, uh, which is good because obviously the cardboard is recyclable. Um, and the cans are recyclable. But Carlsberg have decided um, that they're going to glue the cans together. Um, this was in the Telegraph. Um, it says, Carlsberg beer cans are to be stuck together with glue as it becomes the first brewer to abandon plastic rings, which, I, as I say, I'm not sure that's 100% true. The Danish firm said the move, which has been heralded as a world first uh, to attach multi-packs with adhesive, will reduce the use of plastic to package products by 75%. Um, Maybe they mean it's the first to package it in the similar way yes. without using the plastic instead of putting them in boxes. Yeah, or, or shrink wrapping them or something else. Right. Um, after a three-year development process, Carlsberg insists the dots of glue which bond the snap packs, as they're calling them, are strong enough to withstand journeys from shelves to homes and yet sufficiently brittle to break when twisted. Um, the eco-friendly packaging will be debuted in the UK where 30% of Carlsberg's beer output is drunk every year. Um, well, there you go. Um, I'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner, honestly. Yeah, because... With, with soda and anything. Yeah, um, there we go. It says here, the starting point as I went into a hardware shop and all the adhesives I could get, all the glue that was there. Uh, over the weekend, I glued things together and made a short video for the CEO, and the idea was born. Well, I think that's I think that's marvellous. Well done. Um, very good. Uh, you know, I like stories like that, and I'm very much, I think we've all become very much aware that we need to reduce our environmental impact. Um, and if we can do that without giving up the things we like too much, then... But you're right. I'm I'm surprised nobody's done it before in a way because you get things all the time that stuck down with those sort of right. glue dots. I suppose the point there is finding something that's um, strong enough to hold relatively heavy cans of beer together without um, coming apart and yet being easy enough to break right. when you when without you want to pull them off. Ripping a hole into the can. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what that would be a very bad thing, wouldn't it? Um, I hope, uh, I, people... hope, I hope they get a pat. They have a patent on this because I bet you tons of companies are going to jump on board. Well, yeah, I mean, either um, or maybe I hope they don't. Maybe I hope that they just let it become a a thing, right. you know. Um, but when does that happen? Well, when indeed, I guess if they could make money letting other people do it, or if not, other people will go away and make up their own. Um, right, glue formula. Glue formulas, I guess. But yeah, it's one of those things that's almost. Once somebody points it out, it's like, why did nobody think of it before? Um, great. Let's uh, yes, let's see lots of people jumping on this, and then just think of all those things like um, packs of Coca Cola or whatever that are shrunk wrapped. You know, um, and I should think there's no reason really why perhaps a six box, you know, like a six uh, pack of Coca Cola in the plastic bottles couldn't be glued together in a similar manner. So. There we go. That was a that was a good one. Um, the French uh, have uh, instituted a cell phone ban uh, for children under fifteen as they return to school. Uh, basically, the French have said 
that they don't want children under 15 or under 16, I guess, uh, having access to mobile devices whilst they're at school. Um, there we go. I think this is um, a, it's this is a great. I mean, as a teacher myself, who's had to fight cell phone use um, in the classroom, I think this is a great thing. But um, I think they also said they could have them in their backpacks, which I don't. Which to me is understandable. I mean, as a parent, also, you know, if your child's staying after school for an activity and they need to get in touch with you, I don't see a problem with them having a cell phone in their backpack for use. No. Uh, basically, what it says here. Uh... A new law has come into effect outlawing phone use by students up to the age of 15. The legislation follows a campaign promised by uh, Emmanuel Macron uh, and banishes tablets and smartwatches as well. Uh, The ban is also in place at break times, with exceptions in case of emergency and for disabled children. Um, In an emergency, students can ask their teachers or supervisors for permission to use their phones. Uh, What it's saying here is that exactly how the ban is going to be enforced is going to be left pretty much down to different schools. Right. Um, It's interesting that it includes tablets because a lot of schools over here in the U.S. anyway um, have iPads in elementary school for students to use and... Well, I don't, they're not, uh, yes, that bit's not Unless clear, they're talking it? about personal devices, like not bringing things in from home. Yeah, I think they're talking about personal devices. I don't think they're sort of rejecting the use of technology as a teaching aid. Um, 90% of French 12 to 17-year-olds have a mobile phone. Well, that's not very surprising, is it? Um, yeah. I suspect that's probably... Um, yeah, it says, for enforcement, it's up to individual school administrations to decide how to implement the ban. Um, school principals could de- uh, decide to store students' phones in lockers or allow them to keep them switched off in their packs. The law allows teachers to confiscate phones until the end of the day in cases of non-compliance. Well, yeah, otherwise it's worthless. It's almost like a protection for teachers to um, confiscate the phone, say, yes, you can do this and not get in trouble type of thing. Yeah, very much so. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I I think very much... Uh, I, I think that's... Pro- I probably agree with it, actually, um, because phones are an incredible distraction, as we all know. Um, and I ca- it's not difficult for children to basically be far too tempted to be fiddling with their phone or social media or whatever else instead of paying attention. So, Look, uh, I taught, I taught um, high school for six years teach elementary school now, the younger ones, but in high school, you couldn't turn the corner without a kid having their phone out texting somebody or hiding it under their desk or constantly having to text someone. So this is, a, I think this is a good thing. Yep, um, I think so. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, there's not actually a law in, uh, in uh, you know, in the UK that I'm aware of, but a lot of schools obviously institute uh, fairly strict no phone, uh, you know, no phones during... Uh, at least during class time. The watch thing is another thing. I don't know how they could. That's a bit, yeah. Smart. That's a little bit harder. That's a little bit harder. But uh, I guess um, fair enough. I, I guess if you know if it's considered socially unacceptable, then um, peer pressure might uh, right start to play. Which where the always... kids will riot and get their <laughs> own way. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um. What is, um. Yes, staying in uh, in Europe. Um, for those who who don't know, uh, the dreaded Article Thirteen um, 
which a lot of people seem to think went away when it, uh, you know, was rejected the first time. Uh, and this is the thing where uh, the EU would demand copyright filters uh, from uh, ISPs to prevent people up uploading anything that uh, they deemed might be copyright. Um, I think we talked about this um, several weeks ago when I was on. Yes, we did because that that was um, it, that was when it was coming up for its first uh, you know reading, and it okay. was it was rejected. Uh, the you know the European Parliament uh, chucked it back and went no this isn't workable um, but however it's kind of silently crept up again uh, and next week uh, I'm not sure exactly when 12th soon very soon um, they are going to have another vote on the dreaded article 13 um, so uh, I'm against it I mean you know there are arguments for or both but in the in the spirit of um, democracy, you should, if you are in the EU, you should contact your MEP and say whether you are for it or against it. Please and thank you. Um, I'm against it, so I would urge you to visit saveyourinternet.eu, uh, where you there are stock letters which you can send to your MEPs saying vote no. Thank you. Try not to get too much into politics, but I really think Article 13 is would be a disaster. So there we are. Um, and, Donnie, this is a short show because we've pretty much covered all the stories, I think. Um, so we've got no worth of chirps this this week, but uh, I will say that the slack is, uh, is growing. We've had several new members join. Uh, so uh, I would just like to say thank you to Denise and Mario, uh, Martin, Nick. Pietro and Ron, who are all new Slack members, and uh, anybody else who wants to join, you know the rigmarole. Go to the show notes and click the link, and you can join in in the Slack. There we are. Um, well, Donny, uh, that's pretty much it. So, uh, would you like to pimp all of your wares, which are many and varied? Sure. Uh, let's see. Um, R T T E A C H R on Twitter. Um, I have a bunch of. Uh, children's books in the iBook store, um, sticker apps in the app store for iMessage, including um, two new ones I just came out with, and I'm going to try to continue a series on called Cubers, Q-B-E-R-Z. Um, there's a standard one, and then I made a Ninja edition. Um, and I think, oh, and I have a, a um, store at uh, font, font, what is it, font bundles? It's designbundles.net. Designbundles.net, sorry. That's all right. Um, Where you are... You are uh, scribbly. Yes, S-K-R-B-L-Y. Right, yep. I, I think that covers it all. Very good, very good. Uh, well, I am on the uh, Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. The show is, of course, Essential Apple, and you can find all of our stuff at essentialapple.com. And uh, rather a short show, but there you go. Next week, of course, no doubt there will be a huge amount to talk about because Uncle Tim and co. will have revealed all. So uh, until then, goodbye. See ya. 
You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. <laughs> Hello and good evening. This is Gaz for the MyMac Podcast. And we know you have your pick of high-quality downloadable audio content and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, Old Bean. This is Guy and we're here to say that the MyMac Podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact... We restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited... Guy, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product? then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right, that's about ten laughs per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for MyMac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, and there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important. Though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz, and I could have sworn we made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. That would explain why he was doubled over at the time the MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it over a copper. Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.